right, good afternoon, everybody. I'm here today, Larry Warren here at Clear Passage. I'm here today with a person who has become a longtime friend. She is our very first bowel obstruction patient. A bit famous she is. Doris, you are a rock star, both figuratively and metaphorically and literally. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your extensive history uh, with abdominal adhesions? Well, no one really wants to talk about stuff like this. Um, however, I'm here to bear my soul. Uh, yeah, I found myself in a whirlwind of um, issues in 2006. I was just, um, they diagnosed me with uh, left breast cancer and I had uh, left breast um lumpectomy, I believe it's called, done, and um, it ended up being benign. It was all contained, uh, the uh, mutated cells were all contained within the, this massive unknown origin, I was told. Yeah. In three weeks after having that done, I swelled up like I was eight, nine months pregnant. I wow. couldn't go to the bathroom. I was having problem um uh, urinating. I couldn't eat. I was throwing up everything I ate, even soft foods and liquids. I started not being able to keep down. So my poor husband rushed me to the emergency and they admitted me immediately and put an NG tube um, down my nose into my stomach to relieve pressure that was trapped in there. It was so painful, Larry. I thought I was going to die. And I, I thought I was going to just like bust out my stomach. Anyway, I was in the hospital there with the NG tube that first time. Uh, and it relieved the pressure. And I uh, started to have a small bowel movement after they did a colonoscopy on me and an endoscopy sent me home and within a short period of time after that like within three days i was back in the er with a full full uh small bowel obstruction wow so it all started first with a lumpectomy from your at your breast but yeah yeah i'd never had um bowel issues or anything like that since it was like it was a st very strange thing wow wow um so i had that uh, uh, laparoscopic exploratory surgery and they were able to uh, release adhesion on the uh, the bowel, the small intestine, mm -hmm. uh, when I went back in for the emergency surgery. So, and then you, you were good since then or what happened? No, then? no, not at all, Larry. I went downhill fast for me. Within about... Well, I knew right away I was obstructing after I had that exploratory surgery and they released the adhesion. I knew I was obstructing again and uh, I had to go back to the emergency. It was like five weeks later. It was so soon. Again, uh, the NG tube down my throat and I, I couldn't clear. They tried enemas. It was so painful. I was screaming in my hospital bed for God to take me because it hurt so bad. 
My surgeon came in and said, all my tests were normal, Mr. Hunt, he told my husband. There's nothing we can do but wait and see if this resolves. And my husband insisted they do exploratory. Well, I, I wasn't getting any relief and no pain drugs they gave me cut off this pain. And I, again, I could feel myself just tearing inside from the, from the pressure. Uh, they rushed me into surgery. I ended up having appendectomy. I had a, um, because the appendix, it didn't rupture, but it swelled up so much and then it deflated in there. They removed that wow. and found adhesions everywhere. Aye, aye. So this was like the third, second or third this, surgery? This third surgery, my aye. doctor had to put in a mesh because I herniated through the abdominal wall. Wow. So wow. that was my third surgery where I had my first mesh put in. Within 30 months of that first obstruction that I was admitted to the hospital for, within 30 months... I had 10 uh, surgeries for small bowel obstruction and uh, six of them were for uh, full surgeries. I was <laughs> obstructing again on that 30th month. I was obstructed. I couldn't eat, having all the same issues again. I had all these meshes in my stomach. Every time I obstructed from then on, my doctor put a mesh in because I broke through the abdominal wall from swelling up so much. So you had six resections and 10 surgeries, some of them no. just to remove adhesions then? No resections. I was lucky and never lost any of my intestines. I just kept okay. having adhesions strangle, strangle them, causing oh. obstructions. Oh my God. With kinks and uh, loops and all these strange things. <laughs> the adhesions just went out of control and so I didn't know any better. I'm from a small town in the California Sierras. Uh, at that time I was 50 years old. I thought I was healthy uh, and my body was just going crazy with these, uh, these adhesions. Um, they were killing me and uh, I kept having these surgeries and these meshes put in. And at the time I did not know any better. My husband didn't know any better because my doctor was always saving my life. I tried to see other specialists, Larry, but they kept referring me right back to my surgeon because he's the one who put in the meshes. He knew my body the best. Of course, right. Okay, so leading yeah. up to you, how I found you and why I found you. Um, it would have been kind of hard to stay hopeful after all of that and um, i don't know how i did it uh i was in bed, bed bound most of the time homebound mm -hmm. not going to family events um i'm a singer and um i had the privilege to sing with um, a fairly well-known rock and roll band that had hits in the 60s and they still do tribute concerts I got to guest sing for them many times and do backup performance and also do photography for them. I had to give all that up because I didn't know how I was going to be. Well, um, but how I found you was <laughs> I was at the end of my rope. I was obstructed again. This was 
the beginning of November, 2008. And, um, I, I went back to the ER because, of course, I couldn't eat, drink. I was throwing up. I was very dehydrated. They put me on the NG tube again and IVs and pain meds very lightly because that slows the motility also uh, and try to wait out this mm. small bowel obstruction. They didn't know what to do with me. I had all these meshes in me. Also, during that time, I had bilateral ingual hernias, which are right where your legs bend. And I went in and had a surgery and had a mesh put in on each side in one surgery. Mm. Uh, and that's really caused problems with me walking. My biggest problem with all this was all these meshes. They kept causing more adhesions. Right. It was a vicious surgery, adhesion, surgery, adhesion cycle. I couldn't get off. My doctor told me, look, there's nothing else we can do for you. The best I can do is go in and try to remove as many organs that you don't need in your body, remove them so there's nothing for the adhesions to attach to and to strangle. And I sat there just flabbergasted and taken aback because let me understand this. So where would all my body fluids go? Well, I'd have bags, ostomies, I think they call them, to contain these fluids. And that's how I would have to live the rest of my life because I was obstructed and they couldn't get to the adhesions because of all these meshes. And I was so densely adhered. And I went home from the ER. I had him remove the NG tube. He told me if I didn't have the surgery, I would die. Well, I felt if I had the surgery, I was going to die. There had to be something else. I didn't know what. A girlfriend of mine, over the next three days from that moment, beginning of November 2008, we went on the internet and tried to find someone, something to help my situation other than having this Whipple surgery done. Oh, that's a terrible surgery. I mean, so they take a third of your stomach or a half of your stomach and your gallbladder, and they just take out so much stuff. All the intestines. Yeah, all the intestines, the spleen, mm -hmm. everything. Yeah. Um, anyway, I thought, oh, my gosh, I'll never sing again. I'll never, my life with my husband, what am I going to do? Uh, I had to close my business. I had an antique and uh, old time photo studio in a historic town here in California. And it was just thriving. I had to close that because I couldn't run it. Anyway, here I am in this dilemma. I could feel myself getting tighter and tighter. And I was, the inside of my body was swelling more and more every day. Once I left that hospital and I knew I was up against the wall. Well, she found uh, your website by accident. I don't know how she actually worded it back in 2008, but your website came up and she said, look, these people, they're, they're not using any kind of surgery and they're um, opening fallopian tubes and women are getting pregnant. And uh, I had already been through a total hysterectomy. So I had, I knew I had a lot of scar tissue down there because I could barely walk. I could barely move. I was being pulled forward. So I couldn't stand up straight. Of course. Of course. And so 
Am I going on too much, Larry? No, no. Okay, no. so she found you on the website and immediately I jumped on the website and I just was like a sponge because you guys were talking about adhesions, scar tissue. You were actually talking about it and what it could do to a woman's reproductive system. Right, right. So I sat there and I, I'm not gonna lie, I got up and I, I got a real cold glass of water and I held it to the inside of my palms just to calm myself down. And um, I, I thought, now this is gonna sound strange, but this is my reasoning at this point. If, if, you, if you could open up those little teeny tubes for women, what about the larger tubes? What about the intestines? Do you think maybe you could unlock some of these kinks or kind of release the pressure in my, my stomach so it goes down anything? So I called your phone number and talked to a very nice lady. And of course, I'm kind of shaking right now because it brings up a lot of emotion of uh, loneliness and being alone in the world with this stupid medical complicated body, the medical issues with this body of mine that was so complicated. No specialist wanted to touch me. They kept sending me home from Stanford to Mayo kept sending me back to my surgeon because he uh, knew me best. I, well, you know, I'll interrupt you because I yes. remember talking to you somehow. She must have transferred the phone to me and she said, there's this woman. She's asking me these strange questions because the only way we knew that we were addressing adhesions and decreasing adhesions was that we were opening blocked fallopian tubes. And we honestly, we were never intending to. We were just trying to decrease adhesions for people at that time that were having pain. But um, we, the chief of staff at the hospital here was totally shocked that we were opening blocked fallopian tubes. He's a gynecologist surgeon. Wow. And I remember you said to me, so, I mean, and you've saved this question you've asked has saved a lot of lives to this point, Reese. You said, Mr. Warren, if, if you can open those little tubes with your hands, can you open bigger tubes? And I said, what do you mean? Can you clear adhesions in the bowel? And I kind of thought about it. And I thought, well, you know, it, it, it makes sense. I mean, I, we haven't done this before, but I don't it just makes sense. That's exactly what we do is we decrease adhesions. So you can take it from there. You decided to come. <laughs> yeah. Uh, first off, calling your office was great because I finally felt like I could take a deep breath. She told me someone was going to call me back shortly and talk with me about my, my situation and see if I was even a fit for your protocol. Mm -hmm. And so I uh, hung up the phone and I don't think it was very long at all. Belinda called me back uh -huh. and uh, her sweet little voice. She was like an angel from heaven for me. She spent time with me on the phone, asked me about my situation and wanted to know my history. She wanted to know the other incidents that happened in my life major falls, accidents, uh, infections, other surgeries, right. incidents that happen. Because she explained to me that 
the the network that adhesions can grow in the body can grow all over the body. They might not just stay contained in one area. That's which right. Help yeah, the body heals, right? Yeah, the body just automatically goes to healing. Well, my body was in full steam ahead 24-7. Right. I couldn't believe that just having a lumpectomy would cause me to have all these abdominal surgeries right. and to have nine meshes in my body. And so when I told her what I was facing, you know, she kind of calmed me down and she didn't know. And she did pass the phone to you. And together, the three of us decided, well, I knew my back was up against the wall. I knew I wanted to try your worm technique. Right. Uh, and uh, clear passages approach to adhesions before I'd even get that Whipple done, the Whipple surgery. And I had it scheduled to go. And I thought, no, I'm going to clear passage. My husband was in agreement. Uh, I thought, honey, I'm not gonna live that way. And maybe I won't even survive. I've got to go to these people. It was a pull like I've never had before in my life to gravitate toward. Blend on you. Yeah. So within three days, I was on a plane, and Sunday I landed in Gainesville, Florida. And that Monday, you, I, I hobbled through the door, hunched over like an old lady. I refused to use the walker that I used coming to you. I had wheelchair assist in the airport. Um. And I was in so much pain. You were so bent over. Oh, my God. Oh. Yeah. So, and you guys made me feel so warm and welcome. And I was guided very gently into a, um, uh, um, another world, it seemed like to me. Gentle music was playing, a very comfortable um, uh, treatment. Um, uh, what's that called? Not a lounge, but the, the treatment, treatment table. Yeah, the treatment room, right? Yes, the lighting was perfect. The sound was perfect. And it, you and Belinda came in and welcomed me. And immediately I, I was started on treatment after I had a thorough exam by Belinda. 45 minutes. She knew, she wanted to know every fall and everything and had a diagram where I have all my pains, so she knew. And it was like a puzzle, and it became so clear to me what the heck was happening in my body. I so knew I was in the right make, It started to make sense for you what you were feeling inside and the history you had gone through and how that had brought you to this particular state of unhealth, of internal bonds, these straitjackets inside. Exactly. And it was the straitjacket feeling. Exactly. I mean, I had so much limited body movement. Uh, my gait was messed up. Uh, one leg was shorter than the other. Yeah. I was hunched over on one side versus the other. My neck was all jacked up. I had migraines off the roof constantly. I was a mess. <laughs> I really was a mess. Yeah, you were. You were. And for us, you know, it was like, I mean, we just, we knew that we were good with adhesions and we had never treated anyone like you. Your, your 
that we had certainly treated a lot of complicated patients, but you were perhaps the most complicated to date, except for right up there with Belinda, who was in that kind of shape a few years earlier until we figured out how to help her out. So uh, we just we just went into it and, and never really tried to talk you into coming. We just kind of said, this is what we do. Right. And let's figure out together if this is something that's right for you, which is what we do, of course. Yeah, no, I was, uh, I, I took a leap of faith. Um, I decided to invest in myself and uh, just go for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 So and because of Belinda's suffering brought me to you, though. Mm -hmm. yeah. because of what she went through and what you guys had to develop in order to even get her to be functioning and plugged back into society again. Right. I mean, that's what started us, of course, was the debilitating pain that she was in after surgery and massive radiation therapy that yeah. left her with a frozen pelvis. Everything was stuck together, just like right. it was with you. Yeah. So. I had that fro fro frozen pelvis. My bladder was adhered to my abdominal wall. I had eight kinks, maybe even 10, they told me, uh, and a small, full-on small bowel obstruction. <sighs> so, I mean, taking two sips of water would make me nauseous. <sighs> and um, so, what, so what was that week like for you? <sighs> it was a trip, Larry. <laughs> yeah. It really was from from that first day, um, that feeling of being able to not want to vomit after taking a few sips of water. I didn't realize right away, but after I got home or got back to my hotel, um, I realized I wasn't wanting to vomit after a couple of sips of water. Mm. I felt like it actually was going to be okay. Right. So I wouldn't be dehydrated because I was so worried about that. Right. That was right. the first thing I noticed that um, really changed for me. And also I felt like I was moving a little bit easier. And of course that feeling that you want to vomit, that's because everything so adhered, nothing further can go into your digestive tract. So yes. when you have those adhesions that bad. So, so... So you so that started to you know started to notice some relief there and maybe a bit of ability to move easier even that first that first day. Yeah, because I did not unpack when I got there. When I got, I fell, when I got to the to the hotel room after I landed, I literally fell into the bed. I dug out a nightgown and my toothbrush, and. Uh, I mean, so I wasn't unpacked when I got back to the hotel room. Right. I, I felt like I could get settled. I felt like, okay, this is this is this is gonna work. This is gonna work. This has gotta work. <laughs> and uh, I got a fairly good night's sleep. Um, and then you were here for five days that time. Yeah, I was there for five days. And so what about day two, the midweek? And oh, yeah, day two. The week, Helen. Yeah, I noticed, uh, and I, I kept notes. I keep little journals about things that have happened in my uh -huh. life. And I looked back on those, and I noticed that uh, I was very emotional that second day. Um, I don't know if it was from working on my body and releasing the toxins or whatnot, 
or fear of, you know, wondering about all of this. And um, I was just very emotional. I noticed that. Okay. But the therapist, Belinda, and uh, another therapist, my gosh, I can't remember her name. Um, I want to say Kim. She, her and Belinda were working on me and they were working around my meshes at first. Mm -hmm. Remember, I have all these meshes inside. Right. <laughs> and so they were working around them, but it was, I felt these little sensations inside my body on that second day. Like, I want to say little snapping, like rubber band snaps uh -huh. <laughs> or little pinpricks here and right. there. Right. And, um, they would work within my pain tolerance because I was very sensitive and I was very swollen. So um, they were working with me and I actually found myself working with them. Um, they encouraged me to put my fingers on their, uh, what they were doing so I could actually feel, oh my gosh, they're down farther than I thought they were. Um, and I could, they let me feel where they were working on in a tight pulling area. Am I saying, am I just, uh, yeah. Properly? Yes. and I think maybe part of that is that we think of each patient of each patient as an expert in her body, having lived in, in this body and being in there. Now you can feel things and you know, where things are bothering you. So we're not sitting up there on a high horse being holier than thou calling yeah. all the shots we want to hear from you we want to follow your feelings yeah. as much as they come up of what's going on because we just get better treatment so it's like you're part of the treatment team oh it was great and for the first time in my life i felt like oh my gosh i'm on a team here right. i can help guide them i'm thinking in my head yeah. because i knew you guys were just working on the fallopian tube so it was like it was up to me to help guide you, but it was like you guys, your therapist and Belinda and you could follow uh, these pulling sensations on my body. Some were already all the way to my hip, wrapped around toward my ribs, pulling down toward my pelvis, pulling down my leg. Right. Um, it was crazy. Yeah. Slowly each day. I felt myself loosening up. I walked better that second day. And then the, the third day when I woke up, I was so excited and so ready to come in and work with my new team. <laughs> they were able to get a little bit, you were able to get, I should say, uh, a little bit more involved in um, the restriction that was happening within my bowel movements. We could feel a lot of gas going, rolling back and forth and uh, different pockets uh, right. in, in such. And slowly and methodically, that third day, I felt myself, I want to say unwinding. I felt a lot more of those pinpricks, uh, prickling feelings. And every time I felt that in my mind, I'm thinking like Pac-Man, you know how it eat the little, uh, you know, it was like, oh, they're, they're eating away the adhesions, which I knew you weren't. Right. But what I learned is what 
you're doing when you're working on me is you were fatiguing or releasing the adhesion from wherever it was attaching to and causing a dysfunction. So either stretching it out, fatiguing or snapping them off, whatever you were doing was, I could feel myself unwinding kind of inside and my muscles loosening up, the tendons, the tissues, my blood flowing better. Um, well, by that fourth day, Larry, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. It was my 50th birthday, okay? <laughs> and uh, I had been there for my going into my fourth day of treatment. And by the time my morning session was over, I felt like I was going to have a bowel movement after not having one for like, I want to say seven weeks. It was a long time. And that evening I had five bowel movements. <laughs> that day from uh, that on, I had five bowel movements. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I can say this or not, but I'm going to, but um, okay. it was my birthday and you and Belinda uh, took me to a restaurant. And for the first time I had, I had salmon and mashed potatoes and it was the best meal of my life because I could eat. I could sip water on that fourth day because I was already having bowel movements. And it and was I, a wonderful feeling. As I recall, you hadn't actually been able to ingest any solid food for weeks yeah. before you came to us. Yeah, I was on full liquid. I went from um, soft foods to uh, like blended and pureed baby type foods and uh, protein shakes and whatnot. Like six weeks, so you had lost so much weight. Yeah. Before yeah. you came here, just because you couldn't get the nutrition in you because yes. everything was so full. I was malnourished. In fact, my surgeon put on my medical record as a second diagnosis that I was I had anorexia. Oh, my God. And it's horrible to get those things off of your medical record once. Oh, there. my God. It wasn't that I was anorexic. I of simply course. couldn't eat. I was hungry. But, you know, as time goes on, you almost lose your desire to eat when, you, when you're obstructed. Right. You, you don't want to eat because it hurts. And it's just, uh, I broke through or you broke through my body's restrictions enough so that my bowels opened up. And um, I had never had another small bowel surgery uh, obstruction since I came to you. And I never had that Whipple surgery either. Uh, at the end of the five days, I walked into my, or actually I ran into my husband's arm, pretty much jumped on him. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't believe how good I felt. Oh, honey. Yeah, uh, it uh, was was unreal. And um, I knew I had found an alternative. Canceled that surgery. Went and saw my doctor. He wanted to know what the heck I did. He couldn't believe it. He said, I can't believe that they did that for you with your meshes in there. And were successful. So although your treatments are firm, they're direct, they directly address the issue that was causing my problems. And that was the big difference in your therapy.
compared to all the other ones that I had tried, myofascial release, just one thing at a time, um, uh, visceral manipulation. Uh, you know, you get an hour here and there. You might feel good immediately after, but uh, there was no longevity of feeling good at all. Uh, within that one week period of time there, it just totally saved my life because I really do not believe I would have survived going through that Whipple surgery. I believe I would have bled out before they would have even had a chance to do what they wanted to do because of all the meshes. Sure. And you were so weakened at the time anyway. So yeah. how many years has it been and you've not had any other bowel surgery? Since November of 2008. And they started in May of 2006. So it, I haven't had a bowel obstruction surgery since that first week of coming to you. 15, 15 or 16 years. Then. It'll be 15 years in November. Yeah. 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 But um, Good. just Good. real, uh, real quick. Go oh, yes. okay. Go ahead. <laughs> I've been talking so much. No, no, that's fine. That's fine. You're the you're the one. I mean, you your your case was just so extraordinary, and it was so breathtaking to be able to help you. And then subsequently to be able to understand how pervasive this problem is. I just read in Jan Journal of the American Medical Association, bowel obstruction surgery is the second most common emergency surgery in the USA. And it carries the highest um, complication rate. Because when you think about it, when they're cut through the bowel, if a drop or two of that of the contents fall out into the into the body cavity and they don't even see that and they sew you back up again yeah. bacteria goes wow i'm in this wonderful warm moist dark environment i can oh. go and so a, a fifth of the patients are back in the hospital within 30 days um so often from that or from an inadvertent enterotomy where the surgeon just can't and they can be brilliant and kind and compassionate doctors most of them are but they can't even see where they are the adhesions are so oh. thick and oops i slipped and i cut through another yeah. organ or into another oh, organ. or nicked something or nicked something so you know about that so Yes, and you know it's not a pretty surgery having full bowel, uh, full uh, uh, full abdominal surgeries because right. they literally have to uh, cut these adhesions off of each organ, and uh, it's uh, it's just hor horrendous. Um, the problem is, of course, that then you have to heal from that surgery. So yes. what happens? And it happened with you. You just develop more adhesions again, no matter how kind and skilled the surgeon they right. can't help but have adhesions for them because that's how the body heals right exactly. so we, we've not seen that thank god with uh with the work that we've been doing we've not seen that it causes the kind of trauma that creates a new healing event so now oh, I right now better burned Go that, ahead. That's so true. Um, now for me, uh, I have returned to the clinic for assistance. 
but let me take a step back. When I left your place, you gave me a, a bag full of, I call them my tools, mm -hmm. um, different size balls and um, hand gripping mechanisms to help me to work on myself every day. Right. Okay? Right. My responsibility once I left there was to follow through. Well, I latched onto that like a life ring and I've taken care of myself every day. I give myself a little treatment, sometimes at night before I go to sleep. And I stay on top of keeping myself as pliable as I possibly can. Mm -hmm. However, with my chronic adhesions, I developed um, uh, a condition called mast cell uh, activation syndrome, MCAS. And it's stemming from me having all these meshes inside of me. They're old, they're old meshes, and they're seeping into my body, my bloodstream and whatnot, causing a chronic inflammatory response, thus having the MCAS. Right. And um, so I've been on an immunotherapy treatment for about three and a half years now, and it's tempered all that. Because every time I would eat, I would get like Mick Jagger lips or my throat would start to close or I'd get hives, hives all over the place. From and the meshes. It right. was because of the meshes. Every time something would happen, if I got sick, if I fell, uh, I fainted once and uh, I fell right on my face and uh, busted the teeth in the front of my face. Uh -huh. had to have those repaired. I came back to you because you worked full, you know, in that area once I healed and got my jaw, my TMJ and my locked jaw. Every time I would yawn, it would lock or eat something that was too, you know, much that I would have to open my mouth too much. Larry, you helped to uh, take care of that for me. And I mean, I had... Uh, Bell's palsy at one point and mild stroke that uh, restricted me from singing properly. And the scar tissue was growing all up in here. Consequently, right. I had to have a submaxillary gland removal from my cheek. They went in through my neck and uh, I developed scar tissue in there, pushing on my vocal cords. So I couldn't perform anymore. And Larry, he, I came to you and I don't, I don't know all the little movements that you did, but you slowly and methodically unloosen all my cranial, my jaw, my ears, my neck, my shoulders, my lungs, my diaphragm. And uh, I was able to, to do uh, some pretty large concerts um, with Count Five after, after that, which was remarkable to me because I never thought I'd sing again. So thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, for doing that adhesions. for me. Just adhesions. Yeah. yeah. That, that was a nice, that was a very pleasant and wonderful um, ancillary um, visit. What it, now, we have, so we went on and developed a diet guide when we oh, realized how much, um, what, what were, have you used the diet guide and, and, Yes, you know, yes. The AMA says, we'll eat a lot of fiber, and the things that the AMA mm -hmm. says are kind of the opposite of what people with that have recurring bowel obstructions are facing. Yeah. It tends to make plugs. Right. So created that as a diet guide. And of course, it's free on the website. 
Yes, it is. And Um, yeah, that diet guide is awesome, Larry. Has it been useful? Oh, it's been so useful and, you know, it's been tweaked and and it's gotten better over the years. But it has helped me because uh, my gastroenterologist insists on me having a high fiber diet and uh, not if I want to go into a full small, a, a, a small bowel obstruction, I'm going to avoid that. I get fiber in smaller doses. Uh, I follow a lot of the guidelines that you have uh, proven to actually, you know, clinically help people in my situation. The other thing, uh, not just with the diet, the diet guide is you offer help for people on your website who are having small bowel obstructions right now and don't know what to do. Yeah. Okay. But the diet guide is essential it helped me to narrow down into what was going to work for me. Some things worked, some mm-hmm. things didn't. But uh, I stay on a fairly soft diet. Right. I I take a pre and probiotic with digestive enzymes before I eat anything. I stay okay. hydrated. Mm-hmm. And um, I try to walk and move my body as much as possible. I meditate. I follow your stretching guides that work for me. And um, yeah, it's helped. It's helped keep me plugged in. Uh, and over the years, when I have had flare-ups where I haven't been able to um, uh, release a partial obstruction, I don't even go to the ER anymore. They can't get the NG tubes down inside of me anymore. Anyway, mm-hmm. I go to you if I can't help myself at home. That's my choice. Because down at the Gainesville office, I know you have several branches and some that are closer to me, but I choose to go to you because um, you're the base unit. You've helped me from the beginning. Uh, You're like family to me. Um, I love you guys so much. You've taken excellent care of me and we've become very good friends because of all this. And... uh, Use me as a guide to, to do and use as you will to better whatever you guys do, because I believe in um, your approach to adhesion, maintenance and care and somebody like me that gets chronically obstructed. I believe it's a wonderful alternative than getting surgery. So that's why I'm, I'm here. I'm burying my soul with you today. So. And I should explain that, uh, oh, and by the way, I've been told that if people who call in or have questions um, can receive a free consult for the first five. But um, the I want to explain that for most of the patients that we treat with this condition, they don't need to come back. They're we set them up and they're on their way or they know if they ever need to come back and maybe yes five percent maybe seven percent of people will come back for more uh work in your case having so many meshes you've got like 12 different meshes i think inside your body nine 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 ah it's just it's in their and they're causing inflammation constantly so for you uh, you have the unfortunate situation that that you're gonna your body's gonna keep creating adhesions. These right. little less, we have some in, inflammation here. Let me go send some crosslinks in to help lay down in that area of Doris's body where things are inflamed. So 
right. so that you you have to maintain it um, right. more than ninety percent of ninety five percent of the people that we see, and, right. and come back once or twice during that time just because of that. Right, and I do want to add most most people don't have to return. I do know that. Yeah. Um, when I have returned. I haven't come for like full 20, 20 hours, no. uh, anywhere between four and maybe 10 hours at the most, at the most, maybe I would say six or seven hours Yeah, is probably an average when I've come back for what I call tune-ups. Right. Over 14, 13 years. So yes. Uh, and, bad. and yeah. you have your life back and what's your life like now then? <laughs> Well, I got to go out into my garden and, and fuss around with my flowers today. Uh, my husband just started beekeeping. And so I'm having fun uh, being his assistant, his arm candy, working on his bees. That's nice. And if you wanted to, can you sing to do uh, large bees? Uh, yeah, yeah, I can sing um, and hope to be doing some uh, performing this summer. Uh, winter and fall, fall and winter, and maybe even get some studio work in that I've been asked to do. And uh, maybe even finish up uh, an album that's half half done. Um, but looking forward to uh, singing with my, uh, my good friends and getting to play music with Roy Chaney and uh, uh, my other bandmates. Um, they've been great and they've been wanting me to come and perform more. And sometimes I couldn't. So I'm looking forward to being able to do those things and um, uh, travel with my husband. I enjoy my animals and uh, do a lot of um, things in the community. I make blankets and donate them to the Shriners Children's Hospital uh, and people going through dialysis and kidneys and chemotherapy and radiation, all those crappy things. I, I donate beautiful blankets that um, somehow I create. And I've done a lot of them over like 300, over 325 blankets I've donated in probably oh the last seven years. <laughs> so. These are these are beautiful pieces that you crochet the whole thing. Yeah. And then they're gorgeous and you give them away to people that are in trouble. Yeah, that's kind of my therapy to kind of give back and let people know, hey, you know, you're not alone and um, a stranger even cares. And uh, that's just a little way I can pay it forward. But uh, you guys gave me back a productive life. And uh, I know you're there for me if I get in trouble again. You are a wonderful human being. Doris, and it has been our pleasure and continues to be our pleasure to know you. I'm Thank here you. for anyone too. If anyone wants to talk with me or I'm open for any, um, if some people aren't comfortable doing, going public. So private message, uh, but clear passage is um, a great alternative. And I'm so, so happy. I took the effort and found you guys and so I'm going to tell people how they can find us and find out more. And then maybe if, if you can mention at the end how they can get in touch with you if they want to, or oh, they can okay. contact us and say, I'd like to talk to Doris. Absolutely. 
but yeah. our our phone number is, is uh, in the U.S., so you'd have to dial a one if you're overseas. Three five two, which spells FLA on your little phone, because we're in Florida in the home office. Three five two, three three nine, six six zero six. Website, of course, is clearpassage.com. If you just click the little thing that says apply for therapy or get more information, we'll we'll give you information if you complete a medical history form and you actually go through the 20 minutes or so it'll complete to to complete that and give us the kind of history that we need to know to make an informed decision we're glad to have a conversation with you by telephone there's no charge at all just like we did with Doris 13 years ago to say you know, is this something that that is appropriate for you or not? Um, we're not going to try to sell you anything. We're just going to tell, say it straight, because you know this is life and death stuff. This is not um, anything where you're trying to sell whatever widgets. Yeah, no, you guys never approached me that way either. And you know, the clinical studies that you've done over the years that are on your website also were you know, just very intriguing to me. You put uh, your efforts out to make things better. Would and, you want, um, yeah. We, we want to be able to speak to the physicians and look people in the eye and say, this is what I know and this is what our success rates are because they've been measured and our latest studies were co-authored by physicians from surgeons from Harvard and Stanford and Washington, St. Louis University, all very uh, um, famous research facilities. We have, I'm supposed to mention also that we do, we're not just in Florida. The programs oh, yeah. are just for, a, generally just for a week. So you fly into any of our locations from Los Angeles or Dallas or Manhattan or St. Louis or London, if you're overseas and in, the, still in the Western world in Europe um, or here in Florida, we have a, a fabulous therapist as well up near the Canadian border in out just outside of Detroit, Michigan. So for those of you in, um, in Toronto area. Um, and so how would people get in touch with you? Or are you on a, is there a forum they should contact you or shall they, Oh, uh, you, they can get a hold of me through Facebook, um, and okay. private message me and let me know they saw the video and then I'll accept their, their friendship that way. Will um, we see your name? Do they know your name now? I'm, it's um, Doris Hunt, D-O-R-I-S, like Sam E. So Doris with an E, <laughs> last name Hunt. Okay. And, um, or they can contact your office and say, Hey, I want to talk to that lady. And, uh, and then, um, we can get hooked up together through the office somehow. Doris, it's been wonderful touching base and seeing your beautiful smiling face. We're so proud of you, what you're doing and how you are giving back to kids in trouble and to people in trouble and, uh, and, how many people you thrill when you sing your rock and rolls, your gorgeous voice. And uh, thank you, Larry. Thank you very much. Give my best to Belinda. I love you guys. And um, ciao, I guess. <laughs> ciao. Thank you all for attending. Bye. Bye.